Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Golia and Phil Blackman. How's it going, fellas? Pretty good. I'm going to California tomorrow. Nice. I'm happy that the uh, with me as always, I can finally make that always yes. happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Phil's here today, not here working until whatever, yeah, I'm, four I'm, in the morning. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. Maybe, maybe I'll be here. Maybe I'm going to show up. I'm not the podcaster you need. I'm the podcaster you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm the Batman of podcasts. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe the Joker. Probably. I think that's an upgrade. Yeah. I'm, I'm really. I'm probably the Penguin. Like, let's be real. I'm really just um, like the dude who gets like run over by the truck. What does that make me like? Clayface or the Mad Hatter? Yeah, you're you're the Mad Hatter, Zach. <laughs> you're Mad Hatter, Zach. Yeah, for sure. Someone posted on Facebook. We're way on. We're on Batman now. Um. Something about like Batman's getting married to Catwoman, Selena Kyle. But that's Batman or Catwoman, right? Like, yeah. Is that happening? You guys. Then they can have Batman? like a kid, and it's like Bat Cat Kid. That sounds like one of the PJ masks for all you dads out there. <laughs> well, they've always oh. been. They've always been love interests, right? That's not new. I don't know who can keep track. My dad yeah. used to collect. My dad has like ten long boxes of comics, but they all end in like 1992. When he when he start had to start buying us like food. Yeah, that's that's about when it started heating up. Yeah, so now <laughs> I don't think the he romance. Does Batman and Catwoman both have a mutual affection for leather. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's I really saw or whatever like unobtainium Batman's suit is actually made out of. Yeah, I saw <laughs> unobtainium. Uh, yeah, I mean, I saw uh, what's it called Batman Returns. I played the video game. You know, is unobtainium the worst name convention that's ever happened in comic? Book, movie history. I mean, it can't be the worst. It's got, I mean, unobtainium is pretty bad. It's the it's the worst that's made what, into popular what, culture. What would be worse? MacGuffin. Is MacGuffin worse? MacGuffin. I think perhaps? unobtainium is technically a MacGuffin. Oh, it's definitely a MacGuffin. Um, so anyhow, legacy. Or... <laughs> legacy, <laughs> guys. So we were at we were at, we were we were we were hanging out at Paragon City Games uh, in Utah the other night, talking about legacy as we often do. And someone said, I think it was uh, Terry, who's sort of a goofball, said, "I'm going to put a child. I'm going to make a chalice deck with Young Pyromancer and Gurmag Angler and uh, True Day Nemesis because then we'd finally have a chalice deck that plays good cards." And then I was thinking, you know what? I mean, this is like Mono Red Chalice just won the Grand Prix, and I'm pretty sure that's all good cards now. Like this deck used to be like, oh, they've got these weird dragons or like werewolves and stuff. And now I'm like, every card in this deck is terrifying. Do you agree? Like, now they're just playing Karn for fun? Yo, I'm going to be honest with you. My entire history has just been, I see four Chalice, and then the other 56 cards could be literally anything. That's not a knock. That's a, like, I always play decks that just fold to Chalice of the Void, so everything else that kills me is just a thing. But I agree with you in that, like, every other card now isn't really, there's, like, not, like, Fluffy, like nobody needs to play a three mana four four that tutors up goblins. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's what I think is interesting, and I think that's why this deck is doing so well. I mean, it's not, it's like, well, yeah, like, everyone's deck just folds Chalice, which is true, but, like, I mean, a lot of these cards are just good, and they don't need Chalice, you know? Uh, don't do that. I don't know. I don't know. You cut the, cut the four Chalice. Tell me how this deck survives. It's ramp, in, it's ramp into these really efficient threats. Like, yeah, get dazed, dude. Right, but then they're back. Then you're on your back foot. They just play more threats. I mean, that's what happens. That's how it effectively works. I mean, if they, if I, I feel like these decks are behind if a deck can freely ponder. I don't know. I, 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 I don't disagree though. I, I do think that there's a lot of like the the power level on a bunch of these cards are just through the roof. And if you're not prepared for this deck anymore, you're probably just doing it wrong. Uh, but the most powerful card in the deck, not close, is 100% Chalice. Definitely true. I mean, obviously now the worst card in the deck is like what Goblin Rabble Master. I mean, the Trinospheres are fine, but you don't build this deck without Chalice, obviously. And you know, the more they keep printing awesome four to three to four mana cards, the better this deck becomes. Um, and that's just how it is. Our friend Tony played a white green Legends deck that was like a Chalice deck, and it was sort of the same deal where like everything in it was terrifying, but the Chalice made it that much better. But on the other hand, like the decks are, the cards are just good. I don't know. I kind of like. I think I find it interesting. Like where there's like splash damage, where you're like Chalice is just good against everything. It's the reason the deck can exist. But then you have like the way that the format currently exists. Like if you go up against Pile, like Blood Moon's unbeatable, and then if you go up against Sneak and Show, like Ensnaring Bridge is unbeatable. So it's like there's enough like smattering of like the hate card for specific matchups that you just get the main board because your deck doesn't do anything else. Yeah. And you're just like gonna have really, really swingy pairings in that regard outside of Chalice just always being good unless you play against another Chalice deck. What, what? I mean, the Mirror's got to be miserable, but they've really upgraded their uh, their uh, suite of cards that you can play to end the game fast, which I think is a, is a real bone to the deck now. Well, that's what, I'm say- that's what I'm saying, that I think the threats are actually good. Like, I don't know if it's better than Eldrazi. It could be. I mean, Ensnaring Bridge is going to be good against them. I mean, that's like another thing that's, but that's not. That's also like a hate card. I think I think you have to decide is would I rather be casting Thought Not Seer or Blood Moon? And I think that they're going to be different in like if you're playing in the Miracles meta, obviously Thought Not Seer is going to be way better. If you're playing in the Pile meta with Death Rites, you're obviously going to be leaning towards Blood Moon. So I think they're the fact that they're both Chalice decks. It's really just like what's the meta game look like? Pick your poison. Yeah. I don't know. I just find it to be a. I think it's interesting because I wonder if this deck is actually just like it used to be. Oh, well, Chalice and anything will get you somewhere. But I don't know. I think this. I mean, I don't think that's the case. I've seen. Uh, I mean, I've played a, a, a fair number of Chalice decks and use some of them are okay. But like you said, like some of them just like it just doesn't catch. If if you don't have the Chalice, it doesn't catch up. Well, but this I think does. I mean, especially with like, you know, the fact that they get access to some extra fast mana, in the form of Simeon Spirit Guide. Uh, compared to like some of these other builds, but I don't know. I mean, that's that's the major predator right now. You're looking at the meta. We've got a Grixis four color miracles, and then Mono Red Prison just right up in the fourth place there. I mean, as long as they continue to make stupidly busted planeswalkers that you can follow up your Chalice of the Voids with, because before when you were following up with dinky creatures, people would just play whatever their removal that they could. You know, how does how does your stuff attack through a, a Baleful Strix or whatever? Um, but Chandra just superpowers. Oh well, yeah, no, it just doesn't matter. You have these, you know, you have Chandra and Karn and Planeswalkers, and the the Planeswalker removal has not caught up. BT Dubs, like 
the most efficient removal we have for a planeswalker is Dreadbore. And that's not a thing. People in pile, I see people in pile now playing um to the slaughter. Like what? Yeah, because yeah, you have slaughter. to be able to deal with planeswalkers. What are you supposed to do? There's the, all the all the planeswalker removal is garbage. Yeah, and you gotta hope that you either have delirium or that they don't also have like a creature. I mean, this is against you know miracles to, to the slaughter is really good, um, just because they don't play a lot of other stuff to the board. Strix is also a very good way to get uh, delirium pretty well. Right, exactly. They have Strix, which they can, you know. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? And that was something with, with Arena Rector. We talked about it for Battle Bond. Why I was big on Arena Rector is just like the, there's a much better chance they're gonna just print more dumb planeswalkers, and there is no planeswalker removal. Like that is any anything remotely close to playable other than like you know pyroblast, right? I mean that's like the best planeswalker removal right now. We've talked about Liliana's defeat for the black for the black planeswalkers. I mean, but, I was on Celestial Purge. I registered Celestial Purge. I played Celestial Purge. Yeah, yeah. The card's great. The card. It's a lot of stuff, really. Actually, that's my. I, well, it's Speaking funny because like I started. I, Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna. I was gonna say that like I registered Celestial Purge because I played against a lot of red decks and I was like, oh, you know, this hits everything in that deck. <laughs> so there you go. For on the Planeswalker argument too, I don't think it's just mono red. I think we are slowly over time marking it now. What's what's our time on this episode? Let's let's mark this episode and this time. I think we're going to see a very heavy uh, uptick in uh, Liliana, the Last Hope. It's already picking up as two ofs in main boards and splits as one ones and whatnot. Like, I think that's just going to be the three mana walker and have the same trajectory that Liliana of the Veil had in, in uh, modern. I think she's just going to eventually people are just going to be like, oh, yeah, she's a four of and it's going to be great because you can aggressively minus her to get value. And, you know, you're playing Strix and your Snapcasters and it's going to be great and you're never going to lose on the card raw card game. Yeah, I think Liliana replaying the creatures was underrated as by a lot of us, probably including me, just because it was a minus two. But boy, like there have been times where I've been sitting across from one and they put they they uh, play it. I'm like, oh, please kill my thing and don't like regrow that thing. You know, whether it's a Strix or a Snapcase, I mean, please don't see that you can regrow. Please don't and let me do it anyway. But also, just like <laughs> suspend four, win the game is also pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely no way for me to interact with this card if I'm playing Infect. You know, it just dis- literally <laughs> destroys every single one of my guys. And then they they still get value by going back and getting some of their guys' as blockers. Uh, it's it's an obnoxious card to deal with, and there's absolutely no way for most people to deal with it in any deck. With Infect or really anything else. Well, if you look at the decks, like, Sneak and Show has been creeping up a bit, and I think that that has benefited from the lack of Liliana the Veils. Um, just because, like, you know, Liliana the Last Hope does nothing against that deck. It does nothing against uh, Storm either, really, but I just think Storm's in a tougher place just because of all the Fluster Storm, Him to Torah stuff going on. And I guess Chalice. Yeah, I mean, with Storm, you don't even see it that much in, in the local meta uh, right now because there's so many Chalice decks, but also the Grixis decks are solid against uh, are solid against well, the two. The, you know, I I don't know. Yeah, I think the yeah the thing is like if you were not these decks really uh, exist anymore, but if you had like an aggressive deck that was like turn one Thoughtseize, turn two him, turn three Liliana the Veil, which could have been a you know blue deck the whole time too, 
Uh, there's no reason you could, that couldn't have been sort of like bug control that took that line. That's really hard for Storm to come back from. You just described Pac. Yeah. Well, like, no, but like, I mean, like Esper Deathblade does that. Like, you know, I've done that in, in various bug control decks and stuff like that. Just had those lines. So, um, you know, Liliana Veil is live against Ant where it isn't, or Storm in general, where it isn't against, uh, um, I'm sorry, it is against Sneak and Show, but Liliana the Last Hope isn't at all against either. So, uh. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why Sneak and Show is sort of pulling back up into the, into the meta, because the the other top decks aren't really great against it. Chalice is okay against it, but it's not amazing. The three-mana part of your deck is still going to go off, and that's the part that counts. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, uh, you know, Grixis Delver, th they're not super huge on, on the you know, uh, unfair plan. Like, they, they're not doing a lot against unfair decks right now. They're really worried about other fair decks. Well, it's it's just really good against zillion color point removal mid-range decks. <laughs> so there you go. And they also have a Blood Moon plan, which is pretty good if you're trying to beat one of those decks as well. So, yeah, it, it does make sense that this deck's pulling back up into the meta. I don't know. Yep, for sure. Blood Moon. The Miserable. Is... <laughs> Miserable. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, and then I mean the other deck that's making waves right now is is uh, Black Red Reanimator, and you've got access to you know Grizzlebrand and uh, Chancellor Annex, and both those cards are pretty bonkers against uh, uh, you know if they resolve against the Grixis Delver plan, and uh, they're not actually too bad against the red deck, the big red decks either. Well, yeah, when your guy is Grizzlebrand or Chancellor too, which is crazy yeah i mean the bottom half of these decks uh the, the the like top eight decks are all pretty much combo decks for the most part and that speaks to what we're seeing in the top half of of the top eight you know all these decks that are really good against other fair decks and are really pushing pretty much all the other decks out of the meta but they're also they also have game against these decks that are slightly lower so it makes sense to me well Here's the thing. It's Sneak and Show, L's Reanimator, Lands, Ant in a row, right? Lands is bad against Ant, like it's or, or Storm in general, right? These other decks, uh, uh, Lands has crazy outs like uh, Tabernacle, Caracas. You're right, Tabernacle, Caracas, Maze of It. Like, you know, I mean, I guess Reanimator, things. like, that's really good against Sneak and Show. Against Reanimator, they just, like... Put a grizzle brand, draw a bajillion cards, and then just end up putting another creature into play that can't be Caracas, and then the game's just over. Like, well, that's where they, 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 they just like, get the maze of it. Then you go extra land exploration, mox or no, go mox diamond exploration, glacial chasm, or um, sorry, maze of it and Did Caracas. Did they play an Reanimator. Yeah. Uh, Is that one of their bullets? No. The okay. archetype of archetype of endurance would do it. Which is interesting. Is that better than Inkwell? It gives the other guy hexproof too. Oh wow, yo, teamwork! <laughs> oh wow, look at archetype this of endurance four. breaking the format. Oh wow! If you reanimate, the thing is like, if you reanimate this and something else, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, ten, sixteen, it's just two punishing fires to kill you. Oh so. man, dude, it's an enchantment, <laughs> and you can't even disenchant it. Turbo deaths. Uh, you know, has been showing up, but just not like at the level that of winning a huge tournament like it did 
what seems like a few short weeks ago now. Man, Dark Confidant. I'm always excited to see that guy. I love Dark Confidant. To me, it's like the perfectly balanced sort of legacy card where you're like, oh, this card's real dumb if it ever untaps, but now just it never untaps. You know what I like about him in terms of his design compared to every other creature? Is that Dark Confidant's power level is always going to be static no matter what happens. Like 100% of the things that are ever printed in the future, Dark Confidant is always going to be just as good as he's always ever been. While other shit like Stoneforge Mystic and Snapcaster and like all those cards, like they'll all get more busted as more better things get printed. They're contingent on what they're doing, on what they're playing with. Dark yeah. Confident is just like, I'm always the same. Well, what about uh, Tarmogoyf? Come on. No, there could be another card type. Yeah, dude, they could just introduce more card types. Come on. They can. They were going to make Saga a new card type. Fair, yeah, dude, fair. they were. Sagas. Legacy right. Sagas. Imagine a Saga that you sacrifice deal damage is like a different thing. Legacy right. Sagas. This week is the SCG Con. Not Zach's yet. Gone. That's in two weeks. Not yet. Uh, yeah, you're right. This week is modern SCG regionals that you guys are both going to. Oh my God, we're both going. We're both going in the same. Co- how is this? How did this even happen? How do we get here? Yeah, we're both going to play in this event. We're going to meet in the finals. That give you a ride. <laughs> we're going to meet in the finals, and <laughs> splitting is quitting. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be on Teamer Shift as always. Yeah, bro, guys. We're putting Nabon Wizards to the test. Nabon in every format, I guess. I'm probably going to go like O2 drop. <laughs> I'm on Teamer Shift, uh, which I think is a really well-positioned deck, and I, I I was doing well with it the last couple of weeks. I'm just hoping that I do well enough that uh, we all do well enough that we're not all waiting for somebody to get in the car and go home. That's the worst part of, of any of these tournaments. You drive out, and then like one guy makes the top eight. It's the worst. That's a double-edged sword, though, because you know that the, the, I, there's always that one person in the car, 100%. The thing is, is that that's a double-edged sword because you're the only person that's doing well, so you're going to win, like, prize and money and all that good stuff and, like, actually put up a result. But then everybody else is going to get delicious food. I mean, that's what happened the last time we went to uh, one of these events is I uh, – Paul scrubbed out pretty early, and he uh, he had a steak and, uh, and an old-fashioned. And I had to, you know, actually play Magic for the next couple of rounds. It was a real bummer for me. Speaking of Bearded Dragon, should, should we plug? We plug Paragon. We plug, we plug Paragon by talking about them. We plug Bearded Dragon. It's a natural read. <laughs> and then to wrap up our... Uh, so there's our, our, the, the people who are sponsoring us to wrap it up. Audible.com. Hey, Audible.com. You want to listen to books? You want to hear some good stuff? Yeah, you do. Guess what? Uh, yours truly just came out with a book this past week called Orion by Aaron Frail. It's dope as fuck. Uh, you definitely want to listen to it, but you also want to listen to every other book. You want to educate yourself. You want to listen to some good stuff. You want to use our code, which is going to be in the show notes. You want to get some books. You want to listen to some good stories. And then you want to come back and you want to tell us about it. And then we're going to tell you why Miracles is still the best deck. Okay. And obviously we're also sponsored by Bearded Dragon Games. Uh, out in Bernardsville. Uh, but the SEG Regionals will take place at Montclair University, I believe. So that'll be an interesting uh, turn of events. But they're holding it off-site. That's interesting. Yeah, it's a real bummer, actually, because I actually love eating at the place that's next door to them. Uh, and, you know, just, like, stop there in between rounds, grab a bite, and then jump back into the tournament. Just know that regardless, if any of us do make the top eight, splitting is quitting. So, right... 
There is a there is already an Ether Vile meddling mage deck, Reflector Mage, in this format, so you might not be that far off, Phil. I'm probably playing a worse version of the best deck, yeah. <laughs> right? That's probably what's going on, but at the same time, like have you guys read Vidalkin Aether Mage? Like, do we even know what that card does? That's that thing is a one two for one and a blue with flash that says return target sliver to its owner's hand. It's really good. Could you imagine getting paired up against slivers? Like someone uh, plays dude, that. I'm gonna play with Nabon. I'm just gonna bounce. I'm gonna bounce. Two <laughs> get Oops. get wrecked. Uh, um, I don't I'm know. Really you guys should be cycle cycle tutors. I can find any card in my deck, and then with an Aether Vial on the table, it's kind of like my deck is in my hands. That's very much true. These t- these uh, this current top deck, uh, Just Guy Control. Do you notice they're playing Teferi and not Jace? Yeah, I think Jace is, is just, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Fine. Fine? Fine? You hold your tongue. He is the greatest ever. Whatever. I mean, people are, people are doing well with this Teferi instead of... I think it's a matter of time until you see Teferi in Miracles, you know? Like, it's as good, if not better, than Jace. Getting able to untap two lands... Uh, having a counterspell up for the next turn or whatnot, being able to protect itself—it's not a bad card, honestly. It's pretty. Can good. we do, can we can we change that? Can we change? Can we pronounce Teferi as Tefri as though it were Jeffrey, but Tefri? I mean, back during Mirage, it's not like they gave you a thing. I always said yeah, that. I like it, Jeffrey. Except for the first time he said Teferi, but that's okay. Yeah, Tefri. It's Hello. amazing. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that Jays can be unbanned and it just goes nowhere. Like, yeah, I think it goes to show you that other stuff <laughs> come off the ban list in modern. Right, it's it's yeah. especially in Jeskai. I think it just it gets outclassed. I'm gonna play Jace on my board. I think Phil might have broke yeah, the format here with Nabon. Yeah, what we found format. it. You can't you can't be Andrew, you can't be playing blue without your Jaces. Come on. I love this deck. All right, so that's a good segue into what we're gonna talk about next, which is no ban list modern, because you're gonna go to SCG Con the week after this. Yeah, so in two weeks I'm gonna go to SCG Con. And I'm gonna play the no ban list modern amongst other things. Uh, and I think I've pretty much narrowed down what I want to play. I mean, I, I, I'm i pretty sure. I, I'm like 99% sure. Hold on. Are you going to play Infect? No. Okay, good. Because you know why Fatal Push exists now. Can I, can, I, can I take you through a line that I think is going to be uh, what this event is going to be about? All right. You ready? Stay with me. Okay. You ready? Okay. Uh, let's say hypothetically, hypothetically, 50% of the time, let's say I win the die roll. Okay. All right. So I'm on the die roll. We open our seven. You haven't gotten a turn yet. And this is what, the, this is what it plays out like. Go on. Okay. Sure. Land, Rite of Flame, Ritual, Seething Song, Manamorphose, Ritual, Epic Experiment, Flip Over Past and Flames. You are dead. You're dead. You got dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that could happen, but it's not as often as you think, like in your opener, that that, that sequence of cards happens. I think Epic Experiment helps with that, but overall, I think that the deck is a lot less explosive than people think. It's definitely better than other decks. <laughs> Um, you, you know, you know, it's just uh, the, shuffling and playing this myself, trying to figure out like what the best build of the infect the infect the storm deck is. It was it was hard to try and figure out what what sequence of cards I wanted, whether or not I wanted to actually play rituals or not, or if I thought that maybe playing just the seething song and um, the rite of flame were fine. But I definitely think you need a, a couple extra rituals in the deck, um, aside from obviously Manamorphose. Manamorphose counts too, um, just to just to get to that third mana for the two questions. Salt. 
Do you think that this format is going to be like a lot of just people having a great time doing insanely busted things where the average <laughs> match lasts five turns? Or do you think people are just going to be reminded of how miserable mental misstep is? Oh, of course. The, the, look, this is not to – it'll get a discussion going a little bit about the, about the ban list, but it's not – we're not trying to defend most of these cards. Just like, you know, Nate says it a lot of times. People want to play with their cards. And this is a great chance for people to get to play with their cards. So the ban list stops that. This is a no ban list tournament. I don't think it's going to change anything necessarily. We might see one or two cards on there that get that pick up a little discussion because they're not, they're, they're not you know, in, no. in this format. But the thing is, well, that's the thing. Like, you can't be like, well, you know, Birthing Pod is less busted than Skull Clamp, so let's unban Birthing Pod. Well, yeah, I mean, especially in this format where, like, it's, you know, the metric to determine what's good and bad in a format where every single card is being tested against each other. I mean, it's a literal uh, kill them all and let God sort it out. It's impossible to de determine that in, in this particular Yeah, I, w I would like to see a surprise. I hope we see a surprise. Like, I think Skull Clamp is too slow. Yeah, I definitely like think some like, well, no, like some deck that like is pretty good and then gets a little bit of an upgrade from like a couple banned cards, like a blue white control deck with like countertop, Stoneforge Mystic, and Metal Misstep. Like that would be it. Well, the thing is, elves also get Skull Clamp. Like Skull Clamp and Glimpse is. Clamp seemed like I mean <laughs> we just went through a line where you were dead before you even looked at your opening seven. But you also so have to have all four of your rituals. And, and a, a mana, and yeah, then another can... mana, and then you have to have them not have mental misstep through both of those things, and then you get to draw two cards. I'm not saying that that shit ain't busted. Definitely busted. But, like, that's like a turn two thing. <laughs> that's, like, that's really far into the game. <laughs> well, that's that's assuming that the, that the Storm player has, like, four rituals and an action spell every time. Yeah, and that doesn't always happen. The thing about uh, about elves is that I think it's a more consistent deck uh, for for like uh, turn three four, um, and I, I think that every one of these decks is going to be running mental misstep. Are you playing epic experiment? I'm not. Well, come on. I don't know. I, I probably oh. should play epic experiment. Uh, I think that 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 card I wasn't really looking at initially, but now that I think about it, like obviously you're going to get a lot of value out of playing a epic experiment. And, uh, you know, in a situation where there's no force of wills and there's probably going to be very little decent counter magic. Um, yeah, I think everyone's going to be trying to combo each other out. So, like, yeah, it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, people sitting on the other side of the table know that you can never die on turn one, aside from just them making, like, ten goblins. You can never die on turn one without them having a Manamorphose. So until you see Manamorphose, you don't have to freak out. Once you see Manamorphose, uh, start sweating a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you need that blue mana to make the epic experiment actually be castable. Um, so, you know, your turn one ritual into, uh, sorry, right into ritual into seething song into uh, Manamorphose, yeah, that's going to do it for you for the epic experiment. But I don't think that that's always going to be as as good as, say, just playing twin. I think if you just play, play Splinter Twin and play like a pretty solid deck, you get to use Ponders and Preordains, you play your mental missteps to stop losing on turn one, I don't know. Like after thinking about it, like maybe I'll play Twin instead. It just it it's it, it's hard. What scolding Tarn deck is the best scolding Tarn deck in a situation where there's no holds barred, right? Like that's the thing that that really gets me is like 
this is a brewer's format, and there's a lot of cool things that you can do, and there's no metagame. You just, like, everybody's going to be on something as broken as they can do, but the, the reactionary stuff isn't going to be there. Well, I'm pretty sure Splitter, well, Splitter Twin's that kind of deck, though, where it shows up. Well, first of all, I guess it gets Splitter Twin, but it also gets Ponder, Preordain, Treasure Cruise, Dig Through Time, Mental Misstep. You could play Countertop in that deck. Like, <laughs> you don't have to not, you don't have to not play Countertop. Yeah, I guess you could. You know what all those cards that you just mentioned, which deck also gets to play them? Storm. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, duh. Do it. Decided to countertop. Yo, you know what? You, you could play you could play Sensei's top in your storm deck. Oh my god. You could just you could get a cloud key, put it on artifact, and then loop tops until you find uh, until you have enough storm, and you just cast grape shot. Also, let's be real. If we're going on the on the miracles plan, we ain't we ain't wasting our time with Stoneforge Mystic. Stoneforge Mystic, come on. We're getting on that mentor plan, and we are going back to the good old days of just spinning top and topping again. Yeah, I mean, it's almost you can almost play a legacy deck version of like a legacy version of miracles with sh what shocklands instead of uh, what's it called, and you don't get brainstorm, right? So that's how the question is: is how much of a problem is that? Let me throw you another one. You ready? You ready for this? Go. I'm All ready. Right. Land, Land Simeon Spirit Guide. Chrome Mox imprint literally anything. Cast Hypergenesis. Yeah, I mean, so Hypergenesis is a weird one, of course. Well, well you cast the card, the three-mana card. You cast the card that gets the Hypergenesis, yeah. yeah. I feel like Tony was telling me about a card that was like... Wow, even better. Like a two-mana card that was Cascade. Kari Zev's expertise? I'm not sure. As foretold? No, it's not as foretold. Is it Kari Zev's ex? It's got to be. Well, that's no. three mana. That's, yeah, it's, it's more than that. It's, I, I don't know. I, I remember Tony telling me something about that. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I just... There was like a two mana cascade card. Maybe you could ramp into it or something. What? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got to ask him. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. There is no two mana cascade card. Oh, come on. There, Hold on. Hold on a second. Where, where are we on this thing now? Is that something um, we've been deprived of? Is that something that we as a community want? Do we deserve the two-mana Cascade card? I'm probably wrong. It probably was... We, isn't that, that, is that the thing that's missing from Magic to make every format better? Yes. We just need the two-mana Cascade cards? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. If, if they just threw us a two-mana Cascade card, what would a two-mana Cascade card look like? What is it? It's blue-red. Uh, it, target player takes a damage to the face Cascade. Well, here's the thing. I think like I think like hypergenesis is, is good, but you know the first turn hypergenesis, what's in your hand? <laughs> you know, after I mean, you who like, cares? <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I mean, playing Grizzlebrand on turn one is good, but is it better than storming off against your opponent on turn one? Right, that's still the problem. I mean, the whole function of uh, hypergenesis is nothing matters, right? <laughs> like, who cares what you're putting into play on turn one? It's all going to be great. That's true, but like, yeah, it's I guess all that's gonna right. be great. I guess you just get Grizzle Rand and then cast another Hypergenesis. Yeah, I mean, you could get Emrakul and put Emrakul into play. Uh, you know, there are several cards that you could put in that are fine, but I just don't know that... You can also go heavy on the Chancellor plan, the Chancellor that just makes a mana and then the Chancellor that dazes them. Oh, be the oh that's actually deck. really good. <laughs> yeah, if one of them makes mana and the other one dazes them. And then they're both Jeez. like three-turn clocks or whatever. Together, it's like 10 power. Yeah, it's pretty good. You can just hypergenesis that into play on turn one. The thing is, is that, like, you got to win the die roll, because if you don't, you're going to get right aflamed. Yeah, of course. I mean, that, I mean, I think this format will be defined that way. 
Yeah, now that, that, there's a Mount Elizabeth in your hand. Well, I mean, so here's the thing is, is you know, like I said, I think the best way to go about this is to play twin if you're going to if you're going to try and figure out what, uh, you know, what deck is the best against the field. But obviously Storm's going to be a problem for a lot of people. So you either I think that literally this format's going to be defined by play Storm or lose to Storm. I think it's only as fair as people have the gentleman's agreement to play fair decks. I mean, no one's going to keep to that agreement, obviously. It's, it'd be crazy to decide to, uh, to, t- to like, yeah. not play the most broken thing in a format that's literally telling <laughs> you, play the most broken cards, right? Like, it's no ban list, so why wouldn't you play all the most broken cards? That's, I mean, it, you could do the Artifact Land thing, you could do uh, Skull Clamp. But, like, yeah, Rite of Flame just seems like the most broken possible thing you can do, so why would you agree to do anything other than that? The gentleman's agreement really should be, if you're not playing Rite of Flame, just get up from the seat, you know? Like, I think that I think that this is going to be an interesting format in that we have no idea what the metagame is. If people decide not to play um, Rite of Flame, like, constantly, we're going to see some really interesting and weird decks. I was gonna say, like, God bless the person who shows up with a second sunrise and summer bloom. I mean, that's a deck, right? Like, you could play second sunrise. Second sunrise was really good back in the day. I played it like, I don't know, right when I started playing modern, and of course they banned it right afterwards. But like, I mean, the one thing that that deck has against that is silence, right? Is that, that the name of the card? Silence, the white one. Silence, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that card's great against. Uh, it's an instant. You play it. Yeah, it's it's an instant. So you you could play it against. The storm deck, right as they're about to go off, and you're just like, oh no, your entire hand is empty, and I'm casting silence in response to, uh, you know, <laughs> that works. I think that's good. And then they untap and 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 break eggs for 25 minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I I too think that the no bandless modern is really going to show us the power of planes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. We look. I just think that particular deck is okay. I don't think that the that uh, planes deck's gonna be good. Yeah, so you get the other guy when they're storming off. Is second? Oh, Stoneforge Mystics also bad. It's like there's only one white card that's banned in the entire format. There's like a zillion cards in every other color. Not sure. Actually, it's not a lot of black cards that are banned. Only Deathrite. So never mind. It's not like I guess like Yawgmoth spells not to be banned. So Dread Returns banned. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah, there's a lot of red cards. Blazing Shoal, uh, Punishing Fire, <laughs> yeah, Punishing Fire guy. Sweet, <laughs> wait, Punishing. Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know. Nope. But Splinter Twin is, and Seething Song, and Rite of Flame. Well, okay, so, one more segue. Because I've been playing a lot of Vintage recently. And I've been playing Paradoxical Outcome in Vintage, which is a really busted deck, like just an overall busted deck. Um, and it's funny because like we're talking about these cards and like what this format could look like, and it's it's kind of crazy to think like like vintage is super swingy and super busted. And I know that sounds like well duh, but um, you know it's one of those things where it's like you you just it's such a different experience for Magic when you can just like rip something off the top and it's a restricted card, and then all of a sudden you've won the game like from an impossible position. Like I tinkered. End of Blightsteel. My opponent ancestraled into Lotus, into Dak, into Steal It. And then on my turn, I drew Demonic Tutor into Lotus, into Yawgmoth's Will, into Flashback Ancestral, into Paradoxical Outcome. It was really crazy. 
like this, and it was, it was just crazy how swingy it was. So I think we'll see that kind of thing potentially happening here. Mental misstep also, by the way, was like a huge component of of that, you know? Like I had soul ring mental misstep, like that left me with like nothing to do. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be that kind of format that's really swingy. The games could be over in a minute or they could be over in, you know, half an hour. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Mental Misstep by itself is, like, that card sort of warps the warps the meta around playing Mental Misstep because you have to play Mental Missteps to protect... You. I mean, we kind of had this discussion already with, with Modern, but, like, you know, if you can play Mental Misstep, you it, you almost have to, but then that's where the Shops decks are actually becoming better and better because they're totally cold to, men, uh, to Mental Misstep. Don't even have to worry about that card at all, and so that creates a real like weird gap in the metagame either you're on mental misstep and you're beating other fair decks or you're losing to shop yeah but i don't think there's a shops deck in no bandless modern unfortunately no or any sort of equivalent to that like i mean maybe the chrome box is legal i don't know my point is my point in saying that was just like you know i've been i've been playing some different formats besides legacy recently i've been doing pre-modern a little bit i've been playing a little bit of vintage and it's just like the legacy play pattern is very unique, you know. Yeah. And I guess in a way for like all formats, that's the case. But uh, man, I just like uh, could not believe like some of the sequences you get that when you're coming when you're coming from legacy, you don't really realize are possible. Like legacy is not a swingy format. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, if you can people get ahead. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's like it's it's not a comeback. It's hard to come back, right? Like, you're just sort of like, oh, there's so much incremental advantage and tempo advantage in Legacy. And some of these other formats, it's a little different. I think, like, actual modern is not swingy as much as it's, like, matchups are are just crucial. It's like whether or not you have a good matchup or even playable matchup, right? And, uh, like, in Vintage, it's just swingy. Like, whoever draws the most restricted cards, unless the other guy draws, like, the restricted cards that make that really crazy bad, you know? Um, or, you know, in some cases, mental misstep or force of will just to stop you from doing it. Um, and then like, you know, the pre-modern is just, is, is like, you can come back. Like it's, it's grindy, like legacy, but it's like also sort of like people can work their way out of situations a little bit easier. There's not as much like snowballing of advantage from like, this draws me a card and this kills two of your things. And, uh. I've also got this, you know, like, um, it's a little bit more like someone could hit a run of lands and the other guy can, you know, find some good cards to win. So I don't know. It's, it's nice. It's just interesting. It gets to our, our topic about like, you know, what's the point of a format? Like what's the soul of a format supposed to be like? And, uh, legacy is just this very tempo heavy incremental advantage format right now. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm interested in hearing how you feel about playing, no bandless modern relative to like other magic you play. It's going to be one of those weird things where, like I said, we don't have a meta game, so it, a lot of people are going to have a lot of different lists, and um, you know, there's nothing on the there's nothing on the line aside from some money on this. There's not like, oh, the champion of no bandless of no bandless modern is this guy, you know, recognize him all <laughs> over the world, you know, like so. I think one of the neat things about about a format like this, that, and one of the main reasons why I'm even going to an event like this, I don't go to a, a lot of uh, events that are outside of the the greater New York area, is because 
this is a once in a lifetime thing, and it sort of behooves us to to try and uh, enter these format, enter these tournaments that are that are you know you're not going to get to do again some other time. So I think that's the cool thing about this format is that you know it's going to happen once. After it happens, people will have solved this idea, so it won't be as cool. Yeah. So I think the thing is, is like if you can do that, then it'll be you know. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So what I'm saying, uh, if you get to play a event where you know you're not gonna see that this sort of event happen again, like you should definitely go out and do it. And that's why I wanted to play in this event. Like I, the other events in Roanoke are interesting. Sure, you can play Legacy or Modern or Vintage or Old School. I mean, pre-modern, I'm I'm totally into for that reason yeah, too. But right. I don't know. Well. That's all I've got for this week. I played some vintage, played some pre-modern. I don't know if you guys played Legacy. Well, I just have one more thing to say on No Bandless Modern. I think we might have had it all wrong because I think uh, now that the artifact lands are going to be unbanned, it's probably just going to be Affinity is going to be the best deck. I mean, of course, you've got that. You've got Disciple of the Vault. You've got you know Mox Opal, not banned, but still great. Um, and uh, you know, let's not mention Skull Clamp, which is stupid in that deck. <laughs> but I think, but I think, Phil, uh, if you're gonna play uh, red card, great furnace is the way to go. Great what furnace, they reprint right? great furnace and I got up the ad, the only example. I don't know. I would play dark depths because I find it fun. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the dark decks, dark dark depths decks are good, but uh, I think they're going to be a little slow. Um, that said, if they have a way to fairly interact with uh, unfair decks or just playing like as many mind break traps as they can. You know, I think that, you know, putting a 2020 on the board uh, on turn two or three is is going to be good enough. So if you can play the Vampire Hex Mage plan, that works, you know. Like, I don't know. It just, there's so many cool interactions in this format. So many neat things you can do that you can't do in a normal tournament, at, you know, every week. So that's why I'm going. I think it's, it's going to be <laughs> cool to, to do that sort of thing. Um yeah, I mean, the, the only reason to go out to these to these events are to have these experiences for me. So, like, an experience that's like a once-in-a-lifetime event, uh, you know, that's why I went to Hascon, because Hascon, you know, I got to do something that they hadn't done since Mirage, which was an, a truly... Yeah, right. A, tr- a truly blind pre-release, which was, you know, it's super cool. Um, but coming back to it, Phil, I think you might be right about the artifact situation. It's going to be Great Furnace into Rite of Flame into Ritual into... Uh, seething song, you know, just go that way. Oh wow, you just blew my mind too. <laughs> artifact kinda... land, you you have the artifact lands plus chrome mox plus mox opal plus storm <laughs> spells plus you're dead. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Side, all joking aside, I think that um, you know, affinity will be a contender at this tournament. Or you can uh, you can play like a like a uh, whatever that guy is, uh, SRAM and use mox amber. Yeah, I mean you could. Start storming up with that. Well, anything else? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's it for me, man. I don't have any other ideas for talking today. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Mox Amber is definitely pretty good. Yeah, well, guys, we'll let you know uh, which one of us beats the other one in the finals this week. Yep. Uh, and, I mean, we're 100% going to get paired against each other at some point. Like, that's no-brainer. Yeah. Um, and we know what you yeah. It's either me, you, or Paul gets paired against each other. Yeah, maybe yeah, thanks, you have to play Paul. That's the person you have to play from the car. Yeah, shout out to Paul. <laughs> thanks for the ride, man. All right. So, yeah. Uh, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, have, uh, have a good week. Thanks. Thanks.
Thanks so much.